0: Welcome to Bell Curve with Mary Scott,
1: Rachel, and Liz, three friends,
2: three Southern Bells, joining you, smart women, to discuss life, work,
1: relationships, business, everything from the nerdy to the normal, the practical to the philosophical, the head to the heart. Thanks for joining us as we observe,
2: analyze, and often deviate from the standard.
1: Hello, and welcome to Bell Curve. My name is Rachel Blackman-Briars. I am joined by my co-host, Mary Scott Hunter. Hello. And Liz Vashiers. Hello. So today we're discussing annoyance, as in, you know, what bugs us, our pet peeves, we might call them, and and why they bug us. So, I mean, have you ever wondered why certain situations tend to drive you crazy or, you know, thought about if there's any patterns there? Um, For example, maybe your pet peeves have to do with strong smells or interruptions if you have small kids like me, or maybe noises. This topic of annoyance and pet peeves particularly fascinates me. And guys, you you already know this about me, but I'm annoyed that I get annoyed. I want to be a better person. I want to be a kinder person. And, and I find that when I have these pet peeves, I don't feel like that kind of person. So, that's why I wanted to talk about that this week and just, you know, kind of pick you guys' brains and see how can we cope with this, maybe even overcome those moments when we're not our best selves and get annoyed. For example, I'll, I'll spill the tea, as my teenage daughter says, on something that drives me absolutely crazy. So I like to go sit in our church's chapel, which is um, supposed to be a silent chapel. I don't know if you all have this at your church, but you go in, you can meditate and pray. And I do this every day. I drop my five kids off at school. I go in for about 10 minutes, I meditate, I pray, Um, but please don't think I'm too spiritual because this place of great peace is also sort of a source of great irritation to me. (laughs) I, uh, I, I get so annoyed by the sounds that people make. So there's the person who comes in with the noisy plastic bags and the crackling raincoat who sighs heavily every few minutes. There's the gentleman who doesn't really care it's a silent chapel and maybe hard of hearing because he talks loudly to the people around him. And the other day, there was this woman in the chapel with me, and she started audibly whispering some prayers. So, you know, this is a good thing. She's praying, but I'm sitting there trying to be silent and pray. And it literally felt like, like her whispered prayers felt to me like a small child poking me on the arm, like every little Did syllable. see the
0: sign at the door that this is supposed to
1: be a silent chapel? <laughs> Maybe that's part of what drives me so, so crazy. And I ended up just having to get up, you know, and leave because it was annoying me more than it should. So guys, I, I don't want to be annoyed by these things. I think something has to change within me, but, but I wonder, is this physiological? Can I, can I really help this? So um, I think we're going to, we're going to talk about a, a few of those scientific little tidbits today about why we get annoyed but I'm dying to hear from my co hosts Mary Scott Hunter and Elizabeth Bashirs. We call her Liz. First of all, what drives you crazy? But I'm also interested in what you might do that your friends, your spouses, children maybe have said that you do that drives them crazy. And I'll, t- I'll share mine too. I
0: really love my name mary scott hunter mary scott is my first name hunter is my last name it's not that hard i have a different name entirely from my husband his name is john schultz our children all have hunter as their middle name and schultz as their last name and i just don't think that's all that complicated and my own church you know christmas cards they they just butcher our names mr hunter mrs schultz um You know, when in conversation, people will call me Mary instead of Mary Scott. I, I just, so I make an effort to get people's names right. I've always done that because it annoys me. That that, and I just think it's a point where you have to demonstrate that you care. Get people's names right, spell them right, understand what their names are, and just say them the right way.
1: That is so funny. And now I'm like thinking about that letter I sent you <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, did I write Mr. and Mrs. Hunter? <laughs> Mary <laughs> Can't Although help. my
0: husband says that when when the tele when the when the people call asking for you know to sell you something on the telephone, he knows that they don't know him if they say, "Mr. Hunter is Mr. Hunter there?" He said, "No, he's in Daphne, Alabama." <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, so Mary Scott and I used to work together, and so anytime somebody would come, oh, Mary, how are you? <laughs> I would just like, oh, cover my you know, face palm on your behalf because I do know that is something that has bothered you your entire life. And like you said, it it that is a thing that you would hope people would you know would stick in their brains because you know you don't introduce yourself as Mary. You you never you know you're it's always Mary Scott. And so even when you know when we abbreviate your name in text conversations and stuff, it's always Ms or yes. MSH. It's never
1: just Mary or Mary Scott. Or and it's such a Mary. Southern thing, right? Like there's so yeah. many Mary Janes, Mary this, Mary, Lou, Mary, that, Mary, Mary, Lou, Mary Elizabeth. Mary
2: <laughs> Exactly. You would think because it's such a common, you know, double first names are such a common thing in the South that more people would be used to it.
0: Southerners should get it right, especially. That's my, that's my feeling. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, Liz, what's, what annoys you?
2: I love my husband so much. He's such a wonderful guy and he's he does so much to help out around the house, but a little thing that he does and it's just it's so small that I feel so bad about it even annoying me is for some reason he closes his after he gets dressed in the morning, he closes his drawers most of the way, <laughs> not all of the way. They're not all the way closed. And so every morning after he leaves, I go in there and I close the drawers all the way and he knows this <laughs> is something that annoys me but it's it's not a thing worth making a fuss over. So it's another like Rachel you were saying I I feel like I need to be better at you know developing some grace over this issue because it's so small and so inconsequential. But every morning I'm just like why aren't these drawers all the way closed? <laughs> You, kind of
0: feel like you have to go to an effort to close a drawer halfway,
1: <laughs> right? Well, you know, and I got to make you feel better, Liz, because Pepper, when we first got married, that was his pet peeve about me. Except, what really got him was not if it wasn't closed all the way, but if there was a little bit of clothes, like part clothes, poking out. So, like, you know, somebody just hadn't tucked it in. That drove him crazy, and I guess I did that all the time. So <laughs> maybe that's more common than than we think. Um, okay, so. This is this is kind of a hard one, but you know, let's just bear our souls here. What do you think you do that someone has told you, hey, that's driving me crazy?
2: <laughs> I'll go first on this one since I just threw my husband under the bus a little bit. I'll do something <laughs> that I and I do that I know annoys him. So um we very much share in the housework. We're you know, we it's not like we split it up equally or anything like that, it's just if if something needs to be done one of us does it. Um, and because I work from home, a lot of the times I'll just do laundry throughout the day just to stay on top of things. And sometimes I forget to put laundry in the dryer or I forget to take laundry out of the dryer and then stuff gets <laughs> wrinkled. And that is something from the beginning of our marriage that my husband had said. crying,
1: And then it kind of like
2: <laughs> it smells mildewy, too, if you forget. To. Well, it never gets to that point. It never gets to oh, that point. Good. It's like I might put it in at <laughs> yeah, lunchtime.
0: I like Rachel.
2: And then it <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. I don't, like, Y'all. Drowning in laundry. <laughs> that's one of the things about, about motherhood that scares me to death. Because I know how much my mom did laundry when when the six of us were growing up. I cannot imagine. And I feel like I have so much laundry now. I mean, we do a load at, at least every other day. Um, but It never gets to the mildewy point. It just, I might put it in at lunch and forget to put it in the dryer by the time he gets home from work at around five. So it's, it's never too long. It's just, it really bothers him because he, he, he doesn't like to iron. So he (laughs) wants, he wants everything to come out of the dryer as soon as possible. So it's not wrinkled. Um, So yeah, that's the thing that I do that that really annoys him. And we've we've never had an argument about it, but I can just see him like, I know I asked her to do this a hundred times every time he comes home and there's something still in the washer or dryer.
0: All right, madam, mother of five children, Rachel, I cannot imagine what you get annoyed by.
1: Oh my goodness. (laughs) Well, okay. So I think I probably, if I had to say my biggest pet peeve, probably falls under the category of being interrupted. And so, you know, five little kids, that's just going to happen a lot. And I think I've grown a lot in patience, you know, with them and with interruptions generally. But um, I'll tell you what I do that drives everybody in my family crazy. And they've told me and I just can't quite seem to break this verbal habit. If I'm listening and really engaged, I just find myself saying, hmm, interesting. (coughs) (laughs) <laughs> hmm, interesting, <laughs> which is kind of repetitive. And it's probably annoying. And especially for Pepper, he feels like that's signaling to him that I'm not listening, that I'm just sort of giving him a verbal filler. Um, and that maybe I don't even disagree with what he's saying. And that it's just a generally boring conversation. And I'm like, no you are interesting. I find I find you, hmm, interesting. But <laughs> <ain't>, it drives <laughs> them crazy. So I'm, I'm that, so that trying. I don't
0: really care. <laughs> I could give a, you know what?
1: <laughs> but it's funny because I had an experience where I was talking with somebody on the phone who I didn't know very well. And um, he had asked some questions and I was sharing and he started saying, hmm, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the first time I'd heard repeated back to me what it what it kind of feels like to be talking and then someone say that that word interesting. And I was like, I don't know that I like that either. <laughs> so um, so that's what I do. What about you, Mary Scott? All
0: right. So, you know, I've been in politics for a while. I'm about to roll off the Alabama State Board of Education, but I've been in politics and Liz and I have partnered in some of those efforts and in campaigns. And I I find that I use annoyance like a weapon sometimes. You know, if I don't like somebody or I'm I'm just really annoyed by them. Well, I'm just going to annoy them right back, you know? And I, <laughs> and I can figure out what annoys them, like whatever it is, you know, I, and I'll just give it right back. And I don't know. That's just my, my little, probably the little devil on my shoulder, but um, probably the one I do... And not like I do this all the time, but you know, what I do the most often with my husband um, is at, when I just can't win a fight, when I can't win an argument or a conversation, I'll say, John, you don't know everything. And, that, <laughs> and then I throw my hand in the air and walk away. And that just like <laughs> kills it, just hates it. <laughs> and I know it.
2: <laughs> that is so funny because I, I love it. I love it because I feel like that is a great. I mean, it's not a good thing. Shame <laughs> on you, Mary Scott. It's not a good thing to do. But it's funny. So but, <laughs> but I, I think all three of us have such smart, successful husbands
1: that it can get
2: frustrating sometimes. Like you don't know everything. <laughs>
1: So true. Um, okay, so should we dive into just some five tidbits, five factoids about annoyance that um, I was learning about? I was doing a little bit of reading. So and, and let me say that the first two come from a NPR science correspondent, Joe Palka and his co author, Flora Lichtman. Um, they wrote a, an, a book called Annoying the Science of What Bugs Us. Um, and they say that as a standalone topic, annoyance has not really gotten much play. That different fields of research allude to it as one of these range of emotions. Um, there's a lot of research in the anger, for instance, but as a standalone emotion, annoyance is kind of an emerging topic. So they wrote this book, and there were some interesting things in there. Um, and first, let me mention that they say there are some really common pet peeves, like finger scratching on a chalkboard that sort of simulates the sound of a scream. That's that's pretty common. But that there are others that are completely unique to people. So Let's just say maybe most people are bothered by hearing one side of a cell phone conversation. I guess we call it a half a log, right? But how many of us get super annoyed if, say, a cashier, you know, gives you your whole change in your hand rather than counting it out? They I gave that. They have a preference, right? They gave that as an example of one do. that, right, that some people get super annoyed by, or you know. But we all kind of have these little unique pet peeves. But one thing they said I found so super fascinating. Uh, That they share generally three characteristics, and we can remember them because they all begin with you. So, according to Palka and Lichtman, um, whatever is going on will likely lead to annoyance if it is A, unpleasant, B, unpredictable. So, for instance, you can't get away from it, you don't have control over it. You know, if you're annoyed by mosquitoes, but you can go inside the house, then your annoyance is going to stop once you go inside. But if you're trapped outside, it's sort of an unpredictable you, know, you don't know when you're going to get bitten and it's just going to go on and on and then the th- third u there is it's of uncertain duration so not only can you you know not get away you have no idea how long the unpleasant thing is going to last, and I,
0: <laughs> I really Maybe feel that's like that's why we all talk about our spouses when we talk <laughs> to <laughs> it's
1: because You <we're>, we can't <laughs> for the rest of your <laughs> life. Right? It's for the it's rest, of rest of your life. life <laughs> your life be half open. <laughs> but well, I mean, and I think when to me when I read those three, I was like, oh, the doctor's office. I find myself getting annoyed if I show up on time. I am led back to the waiting room, and you're just sitting there. It's kind of unpleasant. The minutes are frittering away. And, you know, it's unpredictable. You don't know when the doctor is going to walk through the door and it's up an uncertain duration. How many minutes am I going to waste? And I find this kind of really makes my temperature rise a little bit. So um, what do y'all think? Does that resonate with you? Do you think those parameters are true, unpleasant, unpredictable, uncertain duration?
0: I think so. And in all, you know, there's a lot we can joke about and it's a funny topic because, you know, it's annoying, but, I think the authors that you cite are right and that we need to take it seriously because annoying people, and, and I'm thinking about one of my children. He He's such a great kid and he's got so many gifts and talents and so much to offer, but he's at an age that he can just be kind of annoying and it's affecting him at school and it's affecting him with his teachers. and And so I think I mean, John and I were kind of laughing about it, but I said, you know, I think we should take this a little bit seriously and talk to him frankly about it and the effect that it has. You don't want to be, as a rule, I mean, yeah, there are these little things that you do, you know, but you don't want to be annoying. And knowing what the science is, those three U's, I think can help you in your own, you know, your work, your family, um, your church, your community. I think that it, in all seriousness, it, I mean, it, it really is an important topic.
2: I agree. Um I, the so the unpleasant one is a is a given, but I never really thought about the unpredictable part and the uncertain duration. But that really makes sense. I, I really liked both of the examples that you gave, Rachel, because you know, I'm one of those people that mosquitoes just love. Like during the summertime, my legs are usually covered in mosquito bites and have since I was a kid. And it's so annoying. Um, particularly because it seems like nobody else around like I'm just the magnet like I keep all the mosquitoes away from other people um, but in the, the uncertain duration part there is nothing to me that is more frustrating than when people are disrespectful of your time
1: mm-hmm. and so that I mean
2: maybe that's what I should have said on what my biggest pet peeve is is you know if if you if somebody is and I know I'm guilty of this Too, Um, but if somebody is late to a meeting or if they, uh, you know, if you're at a meeting place and then all of a sudden they're like, Oh wait, I can't be there. Um, that is, that is something that is frustrating because you're like, well, this time is an investment in the people that Mm -hmm. I, that I, that I see valuable. So if they're, if they're not showing that same level of dedication, that's frustrating.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I think that's really important for our listeners that, work you know in, in an office setting. It, I think it's really important to think about what might annoy your bosses, your coworkers, your colleagues, and having a little knowledge about the science of it and really giving that a little thought. I think you know you don't want to not get a an opportunity to advance just because you're annoying. I mean that's really something you can fix.
1: Mm, Absolutely. Well, and this second one has to do a little bit with uh, work behavior, or we can extrapolate to work. Um, So number two, interesting tidbit about annoyance. So a 2016 study in the journal personality and individual differences found that women, they may tend to be more friendly than men, but that we tend to be more sensitive to other people's annoying behavior than men uh, when it comes to certain behaviors. So in this study, that annoying behavior was considered boorish, such as being antagonistic, Controlling, maybe overly affectionate, that women are just tend to pick up more on those cues. We're more sensitive to that, and maybe even the dynamics of the room, um, and it just irks us a little bit more. Um, however, this is interesting. I'll I'll let this be number three. This y'all, this about killed me. So what counts as a rude interruption? So so interruption um, frequently came up in things that annoy people, being interrupted. But what counts as a rude interruption depends on your gender. So women, yes, women who interrupt interrupt, tend to be thought of by men, not, not necessarily by women, but by men as annoying <laughs> and boorish in ways that their male counterparts are not. So a recent study from a Stanford linguistics scholar showed that when men interject their thoughts in a conversation, men can perceive that, uh, other men doing that as them speaking up, while they may judge women who do the same as ruder, less friendly, and get this, less intelligent than if the interrupter was male. So I'm really curious y'all's thoughts on that. Wow. That's annoying. (laughs) Isn't it? (laughs) That's annoying. I mean, and I think we sort of intuitively know that, but to have a study, and this was a kind of a comprehensive study. They, you know, they had, they use same scripts, just switch the gender of the speaker and 5,000 people listen to the audio clips of interactions um so the one about really being perceived. So yeah, go ahead. That. I'm sorry I interrupted. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I love you can interrupt. <laughs> I find you to be very smart when you do that. Not rude at all. <laughs>
0: I just received this wonderful um, letter of reference for, for, for a program I'm applying for for a, a women in uh, that have governance duties on corporate boards and the the letter of recommendation was just wonderful and I but there was a sentence in there that I thought hmm they said he said something like she listens, thinks, and responds and I thought, I, I guess I do that. I I hope I do that. But I thought I don't know. I was kind of annoyed with that sentence. <laughs> like I have to like, I don't know. It was a little bit like I, I'm supposed to like, you know, be very very careful about interjecting myself. And I thought I thought I don't know if I need to do that or not.
2: I so, think well, that sounds like high praise to mm, me, Mary. Scott. I think so too. Think- it, that it sounds like that they, this person who wrote this recommendation sees you as a thoughtful person who gives thoughtful feedback. And I, I am very guilty of this, of not doing that, of just being like, okay, I have a thing I want to say. I'm going to say it without (laughs) having thought it through all the way. And I'll find myself (laughs) in the middle of a sentence being like, oh no, where, where was I going? (laughs) So I think maybe I, I could, I should learn from you and learn to, what was it you said? Listen, think, and then respond.
0: I guess I wondered if he was saying that because that was his ideal or because that was what I really do. (laughs) Hmm. I don't know that I really, I I guess maybe in in the settings where he would see me, then yes, I would do that. But um, I think that what it says is that he values that. This is a very sheer, successful male executive. And I think what it says is that he values that. And I guess when he's seen me in, in the settings where he's interacted with me, he's you know, that's what I tried to do. But so I do think that backs up your science, Rachel, that you cited that um, men would see interruptions as less smart, uh, more annoying.
2: So I was, uh, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who's in HR um, the other day. We were talking about, and I'm sure we'll have a future episode on this, but we're talking about uh, salary negotiations and maybe some of the differences in, in men and women. And one of the things that she said was that she does see differences in people over the age of about 30, but for younger people, she doesn't see those differences. And, and even going from salary negotiations to interviews for the job, to how they conduct themselves in the workplace, that the, some of the discrepancies between men and women are disappearing with, you know, I guess the, as they're not even millennials anymore. I think the youngest millennial is like 25 now, but The the younger people coming straight out of college, going into the workplace. So I I think that might be an interesting thing to see how it changes as a, I guess, as we move into a time when more men and women see each other as equals in the workplace, hopefully.
1: Mm, Definitely. Okay. So number four, the things that annoy us will, and and maybe this isn't surprising, um, but the things that annoy us are going to depend upon our personality. So another recent study in the Annals of Medical and Health Sciences Research looked at personality traits to see if any types of people or personalities are, say, more annoyed by noise than others. And I thought this was interesting. Um, There's no significant relationship between noise and factors such as age, sex, marital status, and education. But, uh, quote, negative people are more likely to suffer from noise annoyance than others, um, and there's a significant relationship between what you know neuroticism and noise annoyance noise annoyance, and of course, neuroticism is one of those five factor personality psychology terms that um, at least Wik- Wikipedia defines as being prone to psychological stress, um, you know experiencing unpleasant emotions easily such as anger, anxiety, depression, and vulnerability. So when I read that, I was like, Oh no, what does this say about me that I get so <laughs> <Am> I neurotic' <laughs> I get so peeved by these little silly noises in the chapel when people are just praying. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not negative. But um, but I, I do think that was interesting that you know, noise really does rate up there as one of the top annoyances, the top pet peeves that people um tend to you know, just something related to sounds or noise, and that can kind of depend on our personality, but I mean, what do you all think? Do you think that any of your pet peeves have to do with your specific personality that maybe, you know, someone else of a different temperament, different personality just isn't going to care as much? I don't think it's universal what annoys people. I think there's probably a
0: few things that you can, you know, like when you're trying to teach your kids, um, you know, at Christmas time, especially the, I forget the movie, but it's don't be a jerk. You know, you hear that throughout the movie. and there, But there's some value to that. Don't be a jerk. You know, and so there's some common things that you can – you know, you can think about for yourself, you can think about teaching, you know, your, your children that are, you know, that annoy people and, you know, they do. But I do think also that sometimes that's a little unpredictable. And if you care about someone, whether it's a, you know, a, a spouse or a, or a significant other or uh, a colleague at work or, you know, whoever, a friend, if you, I think you do take the time to figure out what annoys them and try not to do it
2: and mary scott what you are describing as called being a considerate person <laughs> and that's a good thing to be i think it but like you said it can be very unpredictable and that is one of the the three u's that rachel described earlier uh, you know but if you if you know there's a thing that whether whether or not it's something you do that somebody finds annoying you know, be considerate and and help them you know, and help make sure that they're not exposed to that unnecessarily i guess
1: have you heard of the enneagram it's kind of a hot personality test right now. I haven't
2: taken the test. Me neither.
1: Yeah, I haven't taken the test yet, but I keep hearing it. One of my favorite podcasts is Building a Story Brand with Donald Miller. His most recent episode was with Ian Cron, who wrote a book about the Enneagram. And it kind of walked you through the nine different types of the Enneagram and the 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 you know the do's and the don'ts with those personalities. And I, it, I thought about that as we were thinking through these pet peeves because – some of the personalities, you know, if you if you get to know them and you think about it in terms of the Enneagram, you're, you're going to treat them a little bit differently, as you said, Liz, out of consideration, not necessarily, necessarily manipulation. So for instance, Donald Miller said he's a three on the Enneagram and he really wants people when they communicate with him to get to the point. And it drives him crazy if they sit down, it's a business meeting and, you know, there's a lot of shooting the breeze and what he feels like is wasted time whereas that personality really wants to connect first. They want to make sure they know who they're talking with. Um, But people who know him well have said that, you know, they prefer if they just kind of get to the point and, and, you know, treat him well in that way. So I guess there is a little bit of, you know, just trying to pick up on cues about what kind of person someone is and then just being considerate and saying, OK, well, this this probably will tend to bother them. Let me think through how I can communicate most effectively. And we with really them.
0: are in such a world right now with social media and, you know, the, the talking over everyone on, on on the news and that that
1: consideration
0: of others is not valued as much as it should be.
1: True. Okay, so number five, let's wrap it up here with the uh, last thing that I didn't know about annoyances. They aren't just irritating, but apparently they can really have a very real effect on our health. So Mm. um, a study in the European Journal of Public Health found there's a strong relationship between, and again, this is noise annoyance. There's a lot of literature on that. But between noise annoyance and poor mental health and high levels of perceived stress, and this was with individuals living in apartment-style housing in Denmark, you know, who have to deal with noise from neighbors and traffic. And they measured that and found that, you know, it did affect health. And, you know, I have to say, I could see how this would be true in proportion to how annoyed I am. Maybe my cortisol is rising. And especially if I'm escalating from annoyance to anger, that stress is going to affect our health. But one psychologist, he hypothesized that annoyances are akin to what he called hassles. There's some scientific research about how small hassles can all add up and affect our health in, in poor ways. So like, I think the example um, he cited from some research was that mundane hassles like doing favors for a neighbor that maybe you don't want to do on a regular basis can put you at risk of poor health. So, you know, with that... What should, what are you guys' thoughts on sort of coping with annoyances or hassles? You know, I mean, and I have to say that some of these experts have come to the conclusion that there isn't much you can do to stop getting annoyed because the things that bother us sort of transcend reason and are hitting <laughs> us on a cognitive and physiological level. But dare I ask anyway, how do you deal in situations where you're chronically annoyed?
2: All, Rachel, all I know is the whole time you were talking, I wanted to say,
1: hmm, interesting. <laughs> Geeking out on this annoyance yes. research,
2: and y'all
1: are like, "Hmm, hmm.
2: interesting. <laughs> that is that is so interesting. <laughs> it is so interesting. I had never thought about it. A, a, annoyance having a tangible effect on somebody outside of just you know the the in, in the moment. In the moment, I mean, you, you talk about noise annoyance a lot. I it makes sense. It makes sense. You, you hear about um, men and women coming back from." Uh, wartime situations and having tinnitus, and and, and having how that constant ringing or buzzing or roaring in the ears will make them uncomfortable and 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 lead to undesirable outcomes. Um, you know, inability to sleep and that kind of thing, separate from any other kind of trauma they might have from that situation. But man. I never thought about something that I do that annoys people, maybe being bad for somebody's mental health. That's a lot,
1: that's a big burden. <laughs> yeah. And I think we're, those three U's, how that helps me. And, and as I'm processing how I can be a better, kinder person in my chapel when people are noisy, is I do think it's that self awareness helps me so much. So if, if I see something coming that's obviously unpleasant and that, you know, there's a stimulus there that's bugging me, um, and I realize that it's unpredictable and it's going to be of uncertain duration maybe I can start to go ahead and just say, oh, this is kind of funny. I'm entering into annoyance pet peeve land and I need to start taking deep breaths. (laughs) But really just, I think awareness goes so far. And then I think the last thing that I would probably tell myself is to open up and allow, and I, I think I'm pretty good at this. I actually kind of enjoy it. Allow my friends and family to poke fun at me and let me learn what my blind spots and eccentricities are, the things that I do that are probably annoying. Really, you know, when they point that out, kind of try to laugh at it so that I can say, you know what, I am probably just as annoying, <laughs> definitely just as annoying as some of the other people that I find so annoying. So that I think that can help as well. Well, this has been a pleasure as always to talk with my good friends. And we are so excited that you joined us on Bell Curve. And we will see you next time. Bye.